Hey, hey, guess what? Hey, guess what? 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 It's Extreme Rewind again. Ah, oh, it's that time. It is Sports Arena. It is your trip into the world of Extreme as we travel all the way back to 1996, August, September. Look at episodes 174, 175, 176, and 177. And not only that, because we go over that one set that every 25 episode Mount Rushmore. That's right. It is. I'm ready. Oh, he's ready. And he being Jay and me being Paul. How the devil are you? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. I am. I am. Not sure what's going on, but that's kind of the standard of, of everything. What about you? You right? I'm good. I'm in the same sort of level of there's an awful lot of nothing going on all in the same. It could be one episode, could be four episodes. It doesn't. It just blends, doesn't it? it it's, it's all positioning. It's all going somewhere. It's, it, it's yeah. Again, it's, it's very similar to what you said before, isn't it? You can tell that they... There must be talks about pay-per-views or or something because they're they're building to a super show, but they just clearly don't know where or when this show will be because everything's sort of falling into place. Even they sort of give away matches they don't necessarily have to, but yeah. and rush things. It feels uh, it's hard to tell whether these things are being rushed um, or whether. Um, it's just because we're watching them as a block that they feel rushed. But we will get into all of that. We will. Um, I guess we start off with the 20th of August, 1996, episode 174, and it starts off with New Jack, a fairly deep little promo. Yes. Um, yeah. So, views? Um, I, it was fine. <laughs> Pretty much how I felt. I just didn't know if you had any more. <laughs> no, it was it was it was a a New Jack promo, a deep little promo. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'm any better off from it. I didn't agree. Um, um, it happened. Yeah, it happened. Strong, strongish way to start the show. Didn't mind it. We then went into a video about. The Eliminators and um, Gangsters. Originally, this was to um, Natural Born Killer by Dre. Obviously, the Gangsters slash New Jack's theme. But obviously, in the network, we didn't get this. So, yeah, we just got the in the ghetto. That one. And yeah, um, yeah it's nothing I've seen before. Just keeping you updated for if you were watching a weekly show and just popped along, give you an update of where they were. So, nice, no harm. Fair enough. Went to an ECW fan cam, and this time it wasn't a match. It was a promo, and the promo was Shane Douglas with Francine, the newly acquired Francine, and mocking Pitbull 1 and his injury that broke his neck last week. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm enjoying this because it's the... Um, it's the franchise that I uh, think of when I think of the franchise. It's him and, and Francine. It's um, 
uh, cutting promos on Pitbull Gary Wolf's broken neck. Um, yeah, for me, it's, for me, this is this is when you think franchise. This is who I think. And Francine, without necessarily having loads and offers so much to the franchise making him the cocky jock and all those kind yeah. of elements it's, it's it just her presence sort of turns him from being hey look you're saying to being this wow what a cock in like a sort of great hill way Joey just everything just suddenly went up tenfold and you just sort of thought wow what absolute cock he's there mocking this guy and he's just a real piece of shit. But you can, you know, this this was always rumoured and said about getting white heat, this feud. After these couple of weeks and these promos, it's, it's not hard to see why. Yeah, absolutely. It, was... it, it, it already feels um, uncomfortable with some of the stuff that's, that's, that's coming through. Um, yeah. And which I, is exactly where it I needs to be. Hundred percent, and I don't think that's down to some of the stuff we say. Oh, that hasn't aged well. That hasn't aged well. This wouldn't have been cool then. Yeah, this wasn't a. Oh, that would have been funny back then. This is a guy being a dick. So it, it worked in that sense. It's not. Like, oh, that's not PC now. It's just wow. Yeah, it's not. It's not awkward with the benefit of it, hindsight, like some of the stuff. It's awkward because exactly. it was. It was designed to be. Yeah, wow. Uncomfortable no and awkward and yeah. You just broke this guy's fucking neck and you find it hilarious. And he's in a halo. It's not, you know, for for a, yeah. a company that's had broken necks all the time, you know, Taz broke his neck and Sabu's broken his neck and so-and-so's broken his neck. But this guy's got a halo screwed into his skull. The visual yeah. is shocking still. And yeah. yet... You know, the franchise is just continually taking the piss out of the fact that he's put him there and, and, and done this. Um, yeah, and, and I've got to say, I, it, I think it does hold up, and I think it is still as uncomfortably shocking as, as it is. That kind of, you know, how far would you go for heel heat? Um, just brilliant. Just brilliant. I was going to say, it was one of them, but that being said, tremendous. Uh, <laughs> In the, in the sort of nicest way. And um, we then get highlights of said feud between Shane Douglas and the Pitbulls and leads us to Shane Douglas versus Pitbull number two for the ECW World Television title. Who would have thought this match would have led to so much carnage? <laughs> he was just the man in the wrong place at the wrong Wasn't time. Just. And suddenly. And it's all led to this kind of craziness. But um, yeah, I mean, we've seen these wrestle the last couple of weeks. Nothing too out of the ordinary, nothing particularly special about this match. It's just a solid kind of Pitbull to Shane Douglas match. Absolutely. Shane Douglas winning. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I was I was fine with it. It was a solid enough match. Um it's it's not going to make a best of tape, I don't think, unless it's the best of Shane Douglas versus the Pitbulls. Um it, yeah, it was it was good. It was all right. Yeah, exactly. Um, we then had the Pulp Fiction style promos. Same sort of things as always. Uh, Pitbulls, Shane Douglas, Francine, Brian Lee, Terry Gordy, Taz and Alfonso. 
Bubba Ray, the Dudleys, Ravens, uh, Flunkies, Gangsters, Eliminators. Yeah, so the Eliminators no, the are talking cut, the, cut off the, the, the Gangsters, the... beat them up, and then cut a promo. Yeah. yeah. So, all bits like that. But yeah, not too bad. It was an all right not show. It was an all right show. And that dives into the 27th of August 1996, episode 175. Woohoo! Uh, woo-hoo. Kicks off with Rob Van Dam. And um, yeah, Doug Furness. Yeah, so right. the interview with Rod, Rod Van Dam is interesting um, because Rob Van Dam is, is doing something quite unique in ECW terms, which is being a heel. Um, yeah. He's actually getting a heel reaction. He's booed when he comes out in the ring. He's booed when he talks. He's actually getting a heel reaction. Um, and, and I don't think it'll last long. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. So um, uh, they talk a little bit about um, his his uh, partner, his, his sorry, his opponent, his, his surprise opponent, um, and it's someone he's wrestled before and it's someone who's beaten him. So it can't be Shane Douglas because he's beaten Shane Douglas. It can't be Sabu because he's beaten Sabu. Um, and there's someone else yeah. he lists. And Shane Douglas, oh, Tusco Scorpio, I think he lists because uh, he's beaten the two yeah. And Shane Douglas felt like an interesting name to throw out there because they're your two heels. So why is he getting heel heat on Shane Douglas? Um, yeah. But, you know, it's fair enough. It's him being cocky and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's Doug Furness, once billed as the strongest man alive. By himself, <laughs> quite a thing from all Japan Pro Wrestling. We yes. So I don't know. Did they have maybe a working relationship with all Japan at the time? I don't know whether this is the point where Doug Furness is transitioning into WWE. Um, Was well, Furness and Lafon obviously end up in WWE, didn't they? Because they sort of. Survivor Series 97, I think they're on that card. Yeah, I think they're so they Rumble on their 97. Way. Yeah, I was saying, I definitely remember on that, so it can't be long before they go over. I wouldn't be surprised if they were already technically with WWE and they were just sort of sent to these places to sort of just um, have a little go in that first and test the waters. Get used to the styles, etc., and American crowds and all that sort of jazz. But uh, so, because um, I think maybe Terry Gordy, Doctor Death, I reckon they would have all been all Japan Pro Wrestling roughly at this time. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure. So I don't know if there was because who when they were in Japan, who were they wrestling with them for? It was IWA or something, wasn't it? I oh, was it. Yeah, it was someone. Someone, it wasn't all Japan, but they have had uh, some teams like that in before. So, uh, Furness and Crawford uh, join ECW mid-96, as we know, we've just seen it. I have a series of matches yep. against Sabu and Rob Van Dam, spoilers. Um, a few months later, both men were both men made their way to WWF, debut in November 17th, 1996. So, literally only for a few uh months in ECW short few um, yeah. uh, at the Survivor Series pay-per-view uh, after failing to get over they returned to ECW in late 97 
bummed his table of invaders from the WWF. With Lance Wright, who we see with the shaky cam all the time, Rackus and Droz. Yeah, I mean... Droz is another one of those that feels like, you know, people you didn't realise were in ECW. Like, I, I think I saw a picture of Droz wrestling New Jack. It could well happen. In ECW. Uh, they, I'm sure I saw photos and I was just like, what the they hell? They won the ECW tag titles in December from the FBI, uh, lost the belts to Candido and Storm the next day. Uh, Furness went on to wrestle Masato Tanaka in singles competition at Living Dangerously in 98. Um, he also became one of Rob Van Dam's many unsuccessful challengers doing RVD's e-breaking, EC, record-breaking ECW championship, TV championship run. Oh. So they reappear at some point. Yeah. Interesting. And his 1992 tag match with Dan Crawford against Kent Kabashi and uh, Tiyoshi Kukuchi uh, received five stars from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter and was named their match of the year. Oh, wow. There you go. I like that. Um, again, fairly decent match. A lot of, I thought, scary spots I wasn't really a fan of. There were some pretty scary chair shots. Yeah. Um, that felt were unnecessary. There was a, a petrifying tombstone yeah. spot. Uh, there was a, a, I... a what was design, what was described as a stun gun that was countered and then something. But basically, RVD got dumped over the, the ring ropes. It didn't look as if yeah, I mean... Doug Furness kind of knew where he was with the ring. It's, it's one of those ones where... I'm happy this match was 25 years ago because I know they were both okay. If I was watching this, say, live tonight on, I don't know, MOW or something, I might have been like, oh, wow, someone's going to die in this match. Yeah. It wasn't, um, it wasn't quite Goldberg Undertaker scary. No. Nope. But it was a few, there was a few bits where I thought, wow, well, that tombstone spot was just, yeah, straight on the head. Yeah. But when it's all said and done, Van Damme picked up the win. He did. And respects Doug Furness. Yeah. And <sighs> became in a feud that no one knew was there. So he, he, he respects Doug Furness. So shakes Doug Furness's hand. Doug um, <coughs> decides to uh, just uh, clothesline him and beat him up. Um, because of the weird respect angle that they're doing through and through and through. Which is nothing like a continuation of the Shane Douglas Scorpio respect angle. No, 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 no. That, and, and, you know, just coincidental that that's the same guy who didn't do the respect angle with Sabu. Yeah. So I don't know if that was the joke that he respects everyone apart from Sabu. Do you know what? Is I, I, was, I was almost all right with that. When I thought that was what it was, I almost was all right with that in the whole kind of, I will give my respect to everyone but you. I could see yeah. that. Until, until next week. Dream, dream partnering. Um, oh, we then go also, to my other fan. issue on this is um, 
So you've got RVD coming out to Sabu's music, doing Sabu's poses yeah. and calling out Sabu, which is excellent, except aren't we watching Taz do Sabu's poses and call out Sabu? Okay. Yeah. And again, Taz gets sort of swallowed up in this because Van Damme sort of is having the matches with him and is having the interaction, which goes to the question, like, why is Taz sort of doing any of yeah, this? Yeah, and the only reason Sabu's, you know, got this, this thing with Rob Van Dam is because Rob Van Dam knew how to injure Sabu because um, Fonzie and Taz told him. Yeah. So Taz was the, the architect of his destruction, except not. Yeah, exactly. So um, that happens. Um, Extreme Encyclopedia. Mm. Tommy Dream and Brian Lee. That's coming up next yeah. week. That's uh, something to be excited about. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was done and done, to be honest. Um, Lewis Piccoli versus Johnny Smith. What do you know about Johnny Smith? Um, was he in a tag team with Eddie Guerrero? Um, not that I'm aware. Oh, I just thought because he had the same sort of outfit, they might have been called Love Machine. He was. That's uh, Art Bar or something, I think. Um, oh. He was, however, in a tag team with... Um, With uh, Dynamite Kid at one point. Oh. Called Love Machines. So British, he, British Love Machines. He was his his real name was or is uh John Hindley. Yeah. Uh but he took the ring name Johnny Smith because in his debut in Stampede Wrestling in nineteen eighty five, he was billed as Davy Boy Smith's brother. And oh. therefore, there was a heated rivalry um, with his uh, with uh, Davy Boy, and then his sister and brother-in-law, Diana Hart, knowing Hart, um, and yep. he and Johnny was disrespecting the Hart family, um, and then he began feuding with Dynamite Kid, um, and then teamed with the Dynamite Kid to take on Davy Boy Smith and Chris Benoit as the British Bruisers. Oh, better than the new British Bulldogs. <laughs> he then went to uh, All Japan, where he was uh, with... Uh, where he replaced um, David Boy Smith as Dynamite Kid's tag partner, so the British Bruisers did a run in Japan. Um, before... Can I just say, All Japan Pro Wrestling yep. again. Uh, before joining um, ECW. It feels like they've had a massive talent raid of all Japan. And uh, he collapsed backstage prior to a match at All Japan Pro Wrestling in 2003, um, which is why he retired. Oh. It's a shame. Yeah. But... Um... Yeah, wow. What a history lesson. It's very impressive. Thank you. Thank you, Wikipedia. You... Oh, see, I was going to give you credit this week and play. Oh, yeah. Play sort of dumb. Well, that's, that's just my nickname. It's Wikipedia. 
Because mm-hmm. anyone can write on me. Extreme Wikipedia. Unabridged edition. Um, so yeah, basically the match happens and uh, after your complete rundown, not a massive shock, but at the time I watched it, I was shocked that Smith won. Yeah, so I thought he was, uh, I, I was a little surprised when he got an entrance, to be honest. I thought he was a, just a journeyman yeah. travelling through. Um, but, you know, it was it was a good match. It was um, it was exactly what we've been we'd saying. You know, it was a very map-based, very technical match um, through and through. Um, but uh, Johnny Smith scores the pin. Um, I mean, it, it did feel a little weird. It wasn't kind of like you know, making cereal with water weird, but it was a little bit out of place. Yeah, slightly. I mean, especially after we said about Louis last week getting the two matches, and you know, shot that Sabu beat him, or personal was, and then sort of next match he loses again because he's. A character's almost wrestling like every week at yes. the moment. For an hour show where a lot of things aren't highlighted, this guy is highlighted. Yep. Entrance theme. So, um, you know, his his um uh his his the, the hand signals he's throwing up is being referenced and talked about. Um yeah, they're they're building quite the, the story around him. So yes, I, I it's interesting that he's he's um Doing the honours. 100%. Um, which takes us to a video package of the FBI, Little Greedo, and JT Smith somewhat running up the Rocky Stairs, the last sort of flight of them, and sort of spending a bit of time with the Rocky statue. Yeah, it was... Which fine. is one of these where you have pros and cons to unscripted and scripted promos. Yes. Because... As much as I think unscripted promos can get the best out of people, moments like this, you kind of feel a bit of direction might have helped. Yeah, I do. Because it, it felt like there's no fly and it's like, oh, I'll just go up and say some stuff. Yeah, and then pretend to hit the statue and stuff. Um, I feel that ECW on a lot of these things could have used someone to turn around and just say, right. So do you know what you're doing? Talk me through it. Um, not to write stuff, but just to have that kind of, well, you know, we do have three other wrestlers doing kind of the respect angle at the end of this thing. Oh, because again, sorry. Um, uh, at the end of the, uh, Louis Piccoli, Johnny Smith, uh, match, uh, Johnny Smith put his hand out and Luis Piccoli shook his hand as a sign of respect. Um, so it's turning into the, the, the Ring of Honor um, rules at this rate. Um, but yeah, it, it just feels like there should be someone who's kind of sitting there going, right, so, um, you know, we've got this promo with you by the Rocky statue. You thought about what you're getting across, what your bullet points, what you're kind of trying to to, to get across. Because there's all just kind yeah. of a little bit of a disconnect on all of it. They either kind of stomp all over each other or are so swinging out field that it doesn't kind of mean much. Um, so, yeah, someone Agreed. to kind of bring it together a little bit, I think, would have been beneficial for them. Yeah, massively. And it takes us to, again, Pulp Fiction promos. Uh, my main gripe is with the Taz one here. Yep. 
Um, last week there was a lot of chatter of Tommy Dreamer was going to bring someone in that scared that Taz was scared of, and Taz was somewhat selling yep. it, like I'll fight him, but whatever kind of thing. And this week there is a complete reverse with an absolute massive no sell from Taz with the rumour of Dr. Death coming in, and he's just not fucking bothered. No. Um, the- and we'll, we'll get to this again in an upcoming episode, because um, Dr. Death is, is kind of done as this shocking name to be dropped of, you know, and you'll never guess who I'm going to bring in. Um, except we knew it was coming in, because Taz has just kind of said, and who the fuck cares if Dr. Death is coming in? Yeah, which I I just felt like, like wow. But how to just sort of ruin something? It goes back to the we always relate as one of our favourite moments: the Raw Rumble, um, Foley, Mankind taking yeah. off his mask to reveal. You know, all it took was Triple H to go. What's your fucking point? You're taking off your mask. Big deal. Yeah, you're the same guy. I've already beaten you. Yeah, I've beaten you. You just did a black t-shirt now. But he didn't. He chose to have the approach like this was this sort of mythological being where this transformation to Cactus Jackson, he took it to a level that he wasn't ready for. And it felt like, not to the same extent with this, but it felt that whole sort of, bring him in, I'm not bothered. I thought, wow, it should be like, you can stay in character and, and be Taz and be like, if he wants to fight, I'll give him a fight. You know, I'll show you I'm not scared of Dr. Death. Yeah. Know, there's, there's I mean, something along the lines of, you know, I, 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 I'm, you know, to, to prove to everyone that I'm as good as I say I am, I'm going to be every single person you put in front of me. So bring Dr. Death because when I beat him, you're all going to know. Yeah. You know, something that builds him up rather than just like, who the fuck cares about Dr. Death? Well, yeah. Which is just sort of what it felt like. I was just a bit like, oh. I was a little bit, um, yeah, I was, I was disappointed with that. I felt I did nothing for. But yeah, Brian Lee then, Tommy Dreamer, um, Guido J.T. Smith, more Rocky stuff, Devon, Bubba and the Dudleys, Two Cold Scorpio is still with ECW, Gangsters and Damian Kane with Lady Alexandra, who are also still with ECW. Yes, they are. And it takes us... Um, the 3rd of September 1996 or do you want to do Mount Rushmore first how do you want to work it or end of the show well, let's do it at the end of the show let's let's continue the flow of, of yeah. uh, ECW it's weird isn't it because it's weird like 75 yeah. yeah so these two episodes don't influence it in case it's an amazing standout last bit um, yeah episode 176 it kicks off with Again, Shane Douglas, Francine, um, swimming pool scene. Francine just feels like such a bigger deal now. Just because she's she's in the... Yeah, because she's in the company of Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas is putting her over. You know, he's he's in the swimming pool. He's in the sea or whatever it is. uh, Saying about all these these fans with their, you know, chips on their bellies, all the rest of it, looking at, you know, this, this incredible woman and wishing they... You know, he's just so... You know, suddenly out of out of you know this this beast handler and this girl that just got, got knocked around constantly, you know she suddenly feels like the princess of France or something. She's huge. She's she's important. 
and, massively. And, he's he's put on this massive pedestal, and he becomes bigger because of it. Because you know she's with him, so it's suddenly this power it's really cleverly done. It's really cleverly done. Like I've got Francine. Can you believe it? And it, and you're like, oh um, no, it's amazing. And he automatically, like you said, becomes the man just by having this woman that he's projected as a million yeah. bucks. It's 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 really really clever stuff. Look how amazing this woman is. Look how uh, incredible she is. And of course, she'd be with me because I'm the only kind of guy that she'd be interested in. Yeah. What. A- double sort of raise it's, it's really yeah great it's, work it's me, akin to for me um when taz and fozzy got together fonzy got together that yeah. kind of suddenly they're both white hot um yeah and for me it's it's very similar yeah no um awesome work so by the swimming pool basically the doctor um talks about the um, Pitbull one could technically sort of go into swimming pool if he wanted to, and he was just like, "I challenge you to <laughs> to swim or something." Yeah. Um, I'll do the backstroke. The match. I'll do. Come down here, Gary Wolf Pitbull. Um, I love how they're suddenly using his real name as well out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, it's again that kind of you know snug and inside bit. Um, fourth wall is is a subtle fourth wall, yeah. isn't it? Uh, come down here, you know. Uh, I'll 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 race you in the swimming pool. I'll do the backstroke. I'll do freestyle. I'll do Fran- Francine's favourite, the breaststroke. Nice, um, yeah, decent. It felt because it was a lot about him swimming in the sea and him swimming in the swimming pool and all the rest of it, and it felt a little Mister Perfect. E. Um, you know, that, that ultimate sportsman, that jock thing coming through, which we haven't really seen of him up until now. And it's again, though, it's, it's a great, you know, gimmick that could work, you know, in the modern day. They, they could have sort of given this gimmick to Dolph Ziggler to a point. Yeah. It would have worked. You know, just that sort of just arrogant guy who just might just get your girl if he fancies it and just be an absolute asshole with it. I mean, it felt like but, that's um, where yeah. Ty Dillinger was going to go with the perfect 10 mm. gimmick. But again, just not quite there enough. It just, they, they just, instead of catch up in the gimmick though, he became a, a theme song, didn't they? And a hand signal. An yeah. entrance. And uh, Tyler Breeze yeah. as well had that sort of thing it was more kind of the male yeah. model rather than the, the the sports personality. But again, you know, had that kind of, if I want it, they're mine. But um, didn't quite. Which is, um, hasn't yet, at least. I'm still fantastic. Yeah, great stuff. Um, Joe Styles is talking. Douglas cuts him off again. More more digs. Yep. Just again, great heat. You can, you can tell it's constant. It's constant. If you missed one, we'll run it down your face five times later in the show that this guy is a piece of shit. Yeah. And he wants you to know that he's a piece Undefendable. of shit. Undefendable. I mean, that the... you know, just, just, there's, there's yeah. no, there's no defending the fact that this guy is just an arsehole. Yeah. And it's easily the best stuff we've seen from him. Yes. To this point. It's, it's touching it briefly with the Terry Funk 
sort of stuff. Early yeah, days. the NWA title. Yep, but um, it's definitely the best stuff since then. This is like, oh, massively, massively, it's great, horrendously great. Um, highlights of Rob Van Dam and Doug Furness speaking about picking <laughs> their dream partners. Furness basically says he's going to stick with the same partner he's been with for eight years. So we get Furness, and um, is he Furness and Lafon here no, or it's um, uh, his partner from All Japan. Who I can't remember now that I uh, have clicked yeah, away. From well, him, they're together, and Rob Van Dam basically is sort of telling Paul Heyman to make Sabu his partner with him. Oh, so sorry. It is so um, Dan Crawford is Phil is... Lafont. Okay, I, I, I was, was getting confused because obviously they're referring to him as Dan Crawford, um, but in yeah, WWE was, he goes but... as Phil Lafont. Yeah, it makes sense. But, um, yeah, no, I thought it was, so that's cool. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, Rob Van Dam wants Sabu as his dream partner in a world that makes sense. And why these two having one match has led to them requiring a dream partner match Yeah, is extending disbelief. I mean, I, that's cool. I get, but, um, you know, bearing in mind um, the, the history that, that, Doug Furness has with the Canham Express and Dan Crawford or Phil Lafon. Um, I get why they'd want to build him into a tag team quite quickly. Yeah, you're right. This kind of, you know, pick your dream partner seems a little bit out of nowhere. And the, the choice for him to choose Sabu is for me just... You know, I can think of 40 to 50 reasons as to why he wouldn't pick Sabu. Surely the only reason to pick Sabu is to to take the piss of Sabu, but that's not really what comes across. It's kind of like, you know, I know the danger, most dangerous person I can choose is Sabu, which is kind of the respect stuff that they've entire, built this entire thing. So it's really weird because on the Friday night, they're wrestling each other, although they, they were saying about this feud yeah. being over. And then on the Saturday night, they're teaming up. So it's kind of your, your strange yeah. bedfellows style stuff. I just don't know why he would. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's going to lead to a great match. I think that's what they wanted. They're just trying to... And it leads to matches and you know, just try... a, an entire legacy of great matches with, with Sabu and RVD. But it just yeah. felt, again, just a little bit rushed from... Um, where they were to suddenly, you know, if I have to pick anyone in the world, it will be him. Basically, yeah. So, but still, we then had Stevie in the ring, and um, it was leading up to a match between Missy Height and Laurie Follington. Yeah. So this Missy Height was injured. We did kind of cover this on one of the last ones, but um, there was a showdown between Taz and uh, between uh, Raven and Sandman, um, and basically Missy Height ends up getting beaten up by uh, Laurie Fullington, um, and looks as if she's she's pretty hot about getting whacked with the cane because uh, doesn't sell it and just kind of goes for her. Um, uh, and the story is that she's she's damaged her arm and she's broken her arm and stuff like this in the match. So uh, Joel Gertner, who 
I, I don't know if this has happened before, but this is out and out Joel Gertner in the sense that he's not wearing a shirt under his suit. So I know we've seen him do yeah. the, 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 the Gertner-esque stuff, the heel announcer stuff, but this is him really kind of becoming the quintessential stub muffin because it's the... Yeah, this was like really out of... Um, it was on full form. Yeah. Um, but this is uh, bow tie, uh, tux, no shirt. Yeah. Um, but basically, um, they try. They come up with all various reasons why Missy Hyatt shouldn't do it. He, she kind of gets rid of all of them, beats up Joel Gertner and all the rest of it. Um, Stevie then offers her that he will drop the the sexual. Uh, I can't remember what the name of the lawsuit was. The sexual harassment lawsuit, I guess it was. Um, yeah, that was straight yeah. order almost, wasn't it? Uh, if she renounces the Sandman, which she does quite happily. Um, I I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that this hasn't really worked in any way, shape or form from the very beginning of, of um, you know, what mummy wants, mummy gets. Yeah, and I think that's where they're at with the whole thing. I, I think that they obviously tried to, because of the woman, situation tried to rekindle something thinking you know a powerful female with the sandman would work this just hasn't really clicked the woman one was so much stronger and so much better so i'm not upset to see this end when i was a little bit with sandman yes. woman so yeah onwards and upwards for the sandman and then sandman canes yep. her, and he's on his own and that's it yeah, then Meanie sort of gets in the ring and he's all Meanie and he gets beaten up. So, yeah, that happens. Um, next up, guess what? Sonny Lewis Piccoli in action again against Devon Storm. Gosh. I mean, if this was a uh, Mount Rushmore for the last few episodes and not 25, Lewis Piccoli's got a good shout because he has been on our TV a lot. It really has. Um, not an extremely long match, not an awful match, but not one that I'd say go out your way to watch. It just sort of happens on the show. Louis picks up another win. Yeah, so Devin Storm loses. His tag team partner, yep. Damian Kane, the godfather of ECW, um, yep. uh, then says that Lady Alexandra likes Louis Piccoli. And if Lady Alexandra likes Louis Piccoli, then Damien Kane likes Luis Piccoli. So Oosh. there's some weird thing going on here. Um, and then Luis Piccoli is offered to join the family and be managed by Damien Kane. And Luis Piccoli does the respect angle, shakes his hand, uh, and then hits him with a Spicoli driver. Like every respect angle we've seen so far? Well, to be fair, only about half, because some of them are respect and respect, like Shane Douglas and Axel Rotten, which went nowhere, and Lewis Piccoli and Johnny Smith, which went nowhere, and um, a few others. And then it's just the other half of the hundreds that um, 
lead to some sorts of turn, like Sabu and RVD, RVD, Doug Furness, uh, Shane Douglas, and... Everyone. Uh, yeah, and um, Too Cold. Um, yeah, just a lot of respect angles. Yeah, they love a spectacle. Um, we then get Taz on his way to ring to have a little primo before a match with Tommy Dreamer in this week's main event. Yep, he's made his bones doing kind uh, of crazy stuff. Yeah. You won't see chairs, you won't see tables. This is going to be a wrestling match because no one's a better wrestler than Taz. And of course, that was basically code for you're going to see yes. everything. So, yeah, not an awful match again. I mean, you know, two sort of big standouts in ECW with a match here that would have been forgotten. I was surprised so, nice how I was expecting it to be more 50-50 than it was. Um, so they're building up yep. the, the, the angle that Tommy's injured. You know, he's got broken ribs and various other things. Um, but he really didn't get a lot of offense in, he, a lot of selling. Um, <clears throat> he got you know, thrown around quite a lot by Taz. They, they, they made Taz look pretty impressive during this. Building up throughout, about 911 came in and, you know, he'd been killing everyone with his choke slam and Taz popped up and choked him out. Um, and, yeah, so uh, the end comes with Taz choking Tommy Dreamer, then suplexing the referee, then choking out Tommy Dreamer again. Um, the Bueller runs in to try and stop it, but um, Fonzie's threatening Bueller. Uh, then Terry Gordy runs in to make the save, but the Eliminators and yep. Primetime run in and beat him up. And then just the Eliminators destroy everyone. Yeah, about 10 to 15 people. They just sort of beat the crap out of everyone, eliminated everyone, if you yep. will. Um, it kind of escalated. And it was a pretty decent way to end the show. Didn't mind it was. It. And, uh, you know, we see yeah. Terry Gordy in a lot of trouble as the show goes off, you know. Take it out. And that takes us to the 10th of September, 1996. Episode 177. Um, it kicks off with that very Terry Gordy. Um, Getting stretched out. <laughs> I was going to say, they showed footage of him getting stretched out, didn't they? Yep. He's been clinically dead twice. I remember and, it happened. Um, you know, it looks like it's going to be third time for him because they've all beaten him up. And it's a cheap shot and it's horrible. And it's all because of jealousy. Because earlier in that night, which is one of my problems with this, because surely there's got to be some sort of sequential storytelling in this. But earlier in that night, Brian Lee actually lost to Terry Gordy. And then they show you the match. But it's what we said before, isn't it? Yeah, it's what we said before, though, about um, Raven coming out with blood pissing out his head and we find out next yeah. week the end of match, which affected him the week before somehow. And, and, um, but yeah, Terry Gordy... Point, but sorry, it's no. even down to the fact that Joey Styles is telling you that Terry Gordy won, wins this match as they go to the match. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah. But we do get the match. Terry Gordy versus Brian Lee. 
Uh, major bonus is obviously because he comes out to Bad Street Freebird song. I, I did enjoy that. Terry Gordy actually comes out to... <laughs> you didn't? I did. You can't go wrong with a bit of Bad Street Energy. Oh, it's just refreshing to see someone with actual um, music. music. It was nice. It's the little details that mean so much. So, yeah, that appeared. That happened. Um, yeah, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. It was it was nothing different than what we've seen with Tommy Dream. We were fighting around the building and everything else. But for some reason, I think because it's Terry Gordy and Brian Lee in a fresh match, I sort of enjoyed it slightly more. I did. I didn't mind it at all. Um, it was a lot of the age-old kind of gubbins, um, but it was yeah. it was it was all I, right. I did mind. Yeah, I did mind that Terry Gordy won. I thought that was weird. I, I didn't mind um, because I, I it's it. because they're trying to build Terry Gordy as something still. Um, yeah, I get that. They've also spent weeks building Brian Lee as this sort of guy who's just destroying Dreamer constantly. And now it's just Dreamer's gone from he can't beat Raven to he almost sort of can't beat Brian well, Lee. Well, I mean, Brian Lee were kind of trading victories. So it was kind of a lot of, you know, Dreamer wins the battle and Lee wins the war kind of stuff. Yeah, I suppose. Um, but the problem they have with all of these things is they bring them in for the big money pop. So, you know, Babam Gordy runs in his first matches against Raven. But after you've already been beaten for the yeah. title, you kind of just free fall down the card. Um, and, and if you're involved in the Raven stuff, you free fall into this kind of homogenized dreamer beating up the Raven flunkies which may or may not include the Bruce Brothers and Brian Lee kind of cycle. So you slide straight from the main yeah, event match into the, 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 the plunder matches. And that's kind of just this homogenized everyone's in there. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the gangsters are parallel to that because they've been involved in it. The pitbulls were involved in it. The eliminators were involved in it. Um, it's all just kind of, and, and still are, it's all just kind of like squished into this weird loop hardcore match. Massively. We then get a promo by um, Tommy Dreamer. He's standing by a cage in a match that I don't know whether this match happened after it's done before. So this is tried to make it look like it was meant to be after because it's meant to be him addressing the fact that they've beaten him up and they're going to get their revenge. Um, again, you know, just someone to turn around and go, so have you thought about what you're saying? Um, because we're again into you put so-and-so, so-and-so in that corner. You put me, him and them in that corner. Well, this is exactly how New Jack set up the, the fatal four-way match. This is exactly how everyone's setting up these multiple... Uh, this is exactly how the TV title four-way match was set up. You know, th- this whole kind of, you know, in this corner, you put so-and-so and so-and-so, and then you put me so-and-so in that corner. It's not just kind of like have a match. It's all this this language about, you know, in this corner, and then we'll be in that corner. It, it's just all very formulaic, again, which is not something that yeah. I thought I would be criticising ECW of. 
Well, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's weird the similarities between multiple angles. Yeah. Uh, it's like you said, Eliminators and Brian Lee versus Doctor Death, Gordy, and Dreamer in a cage. Was it? I think it was just a fight. fight. I should got the cages there. Um. Then moving on, we get Bubba Ray Dudley and Big Dick Dudley versus Devon and Axel Rotten. This match surprised me because I felt like Devon got beat up a bit. A lot. I mean, it didn't sell any of it, yeah, but a lot. Yeah, and I just I felt like this was almost the blow-off to the feud. I was just like, wow, this is... Devon's just kind of getting destroyed. I thought it'd be Axel and Devon sort of bailed. But then in the end, you found out this isn't the feud. The, the feud is Bubba versus Devon. This is just a match that happens leading up to the match. So I always thought, like, getting with Axel, Big Dick and Bubba, I thought this was almost like would have been sort of the blow-off match for the time being. Yeah. But, no, it wasn't. The singles match, apparently, is going to be the blow-off match. Um, yeah, like I said, again... Not too bad. They're, they're trying to get Bubba away from the stuttering, waving, dancing character, which is decent. Yeah. Because it's needed. So, yeah. Bubba and that pick up the win after the match. Axel and Devon have a little brief falling out. But they get a fight, but they make up. That happens. Then get a promo from Raven and Laurie Fullington. Somewhere deep, dark, and murky. Yeah. Um, just quite weird. I want you, I want you, I want you to prolonging. die. Yeah, it just felt prolonging. It felt like they wanted to get something in there so you didn't forget. Yeah, just just Laurie Fullington being, you know, quite the little moonbeam, wasn't she? Yeah, we've got uh, Sabri versus RVD promo. And weird kind of little sneaky music on in the background. I guess it's just a network thing, but the music felt very just sort of... You can imagine someone like sneaking around to it. It wasn't like any kind of like heavier metal or anything you'd heard before. And then a whole bunch of promos again. Shane Douglas and Francine, Taz and Belafonso, the Dudleys, JT Smith and Guido, Brian Lee... Uh, Divine Brown pops up for absolutely fucking no reason again. Yep. Um, Stevie Richards, Gangsters, Raven and Laurie, and Eliminators with Brian Lee, where they basically said they're up for the fight and continue to bunch themselves in the yeah. face. Yeah, everywhere I go, you're the best team since. Everywhere I speak, you're the best team since. I go to Japan and you're <laughs> the best team since. And um, Saturn continues to punch himself in the face and open up his cut and um, lead everywhere. It wasn't bad. But from but from everything that Taz's promo wasn't, Saturn's was. Yes. It's almost just like, I am sick of hearing about how fucking good yeah, you are. Yeah, I can't are. escape being told. You know, no matter what I do, I keep getting told. You know, it's you. Yeah, which is everything that Taz could have been. I'm sick of hearing about Dr. Dexter suplexes. I'm sick of hearing about you know, what a shoot fighter you are, what a bad motherfucker you are and all this. You come here, I will show you who the real bad motherfucker is in wrestling, kind of. You know, the the, the Taz basically, obviously the team was known, 
But if you hadn't known, you would have thought, wow, who the fuck is the Miracle Violence Connection? You know, these guys, these sound legit as hell. They're the best tag team in Japan. They're the best tag team anywhere they go. So, yeah, well done, Saturn. And that's the end of the episode. But before we go, we got a little ditty of after 175 episodes, we got a Mount Rushmore. We do. Again. Feels like it was only yesterday we did the last one. It was. Speaking of that last one, after 150, do you remember who was on everyone's Mount Rushmore? Well, I do. I had Taz and Bill Alfonso, Bubba Ray Dudley, Sandman, and Cactus Jack. Interesting list. You had you had Taz and Bill Alfonso, Raven and Stevie, Sandman and Scorpio, and Tommy Dreamer. Griff had Taz and Bill Alfonso, Bubba Ray Dudley, Sandman, and the Eliminators. Who? We also made... <laughs> We also made predictions on who we thought would be in the next ones. I predicted Shane Douglas. You uh, predicted Rob Van Dam. And Griff predicted the Dudleys. So, yeah. So, I've... um, My first. Got some similarities, which is interesting. What would you like to go first with? Uh, Give me your first name. I'm going to dive straight in and think one that's fairly obvious for me. And I like to think fairly obvious for the 25 and I've gone for Taz. Yeah, I went for Taz and Fonzo. With or without Bill Alfonso. Yeah. I felt that's a fair Yeah, shout. I mean, so, uh, you know, it's worth pointing out as we go on that this is not about our favourite wrestlers. It's about an ever-presence. It's about people who have had a prolonged sort of 20 yeah, stint yeah. in those episodes and Taz and Fonzie have exactly. been all over those episodes sometimes multiple times per episode um so yeah but yeah a big part major part great part of the yep. episode team Taz is still uh, huge your second um I've got a repeat of uh, Raven and Stevie um Oh. It could go Raven and Stevie and Meanie. It could go Raven and uh, Laurie Fullington, Raven and Tyler. Uh, but for me, it's still Raven and Stevie. I think that's still the nucleus. Um, I think that it's rare that one or both aren't on the shows. I think some of the stuff Stevie's done over the last 25 has been really, really good. Um, the Kiss stuff, I think, is really good. Less so on the network, but really good. Um, I think the uh, stuff he's done with um, his Bar- Baron Von Stevie made me laugh so much. And I have no idea why, because it was fucking dumb, but just made me laugh. Um, and Raven and his. Um, I was at the same, I thought it was hilarious. And Raven and his promos, Raven becoming that maniacal cult leader, um, warping, you know, watching him lose Kimono Wanalea, take on Laurie Fullington and Tyler and really kind of warping into that cult leader role, um, I thought was really good. Yeah, I went for similar but different. I went for Stevie and Meany. Yeah. Uh, because I felt those two just excelled as a partnership for the first time. Like I said, the Baron von Stevie, the Blue Dust, Blue they Dust started to bounce off yeah. each other. 
bounce off each other more than they had done. So you started to see like that whole, you know, sort of great little partnership thing emerging. So I went for that combination instead of Raven and Stevie. Um, for my third pick, I went for the Dudleys as a collective unit, but majorly because of Devon. Yeah, I went for the Dudleys too. I would say... He, I was going to say, I think since he came in, he has transformed them for the better and has allowed them to get away from a comic relief sort of style team to legit something. Yeah. Um, uh, just watching them transition from but, 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 but to, you know, the, this, this team that's, that's suddenly vicious and brutal. Thou shall not fuck with the Dudley. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I've 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 loved as I've made clear this this story that they're telling that Dad, that Devon, you know, wants this family and and can beat up everyone and is not scared of anyone except for Big Dick Dudley. Um, you know, I, I thought that was brilliant all the way through. It got Big yep. Dick Dudley over in a way that he hadn't been. Um, but. Um, I think that was um, really good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Um, So who's your last pick? See if we can almost go for a full match here. I went for the Gangsters. Um, Again, not my favourite team. Um, I've liked some of the stuff they've done, not huge amounts of stuff they've done. Uh, But... um, The Gangsters. Your mic keeps cutting out. I think I've got a bad signal here. I'm taking responsibility. Ooh, okay. Gangsters. The gangsters. gangsters. There you go. Yeah. I agree with that. I think they're a good team. They're not my pick, but I can see why. So, is that who you went for, or did you go for someone else? No, sorry. I went for Shane Douglas. Okay. He he was my honourable uh, mention. He, he really strong showing in the last few. Um, that's the thing. I mean... I think he had a solid, I'd say, seven out of the 25. He started to come into his own. Once the TV title thing sort of... He was floating. We, we said before about he was, you know, almost getting punished. And um, he suddenly got involved with that TV title thing and somehow has managed to excel. And obviously, he, he's almost like, I think, a dead set for the next one if he carries on with this sort of a pitbull feud. I think it'd be strange if he's not on the next version, but um, yeah, I, I went for Shane Douglas, but Gangsters is a fantastic shout. They've, they've excelled. The, the fans have embraced them. They are massive. They've picked up the tag team titles and, um, but somehow they, they fit in the background of the whole sort of division because the Eliminators are off with sort of Miracle Violence connection and everyone else. So even though they've won the belts, they've almost sort of been pushed back to a second run team, which is weird. Yeah, I completely agree. But um, they'll pick up again, no doubt. And that's it. That is the Mount Rushmore's. A couple of solid people. Have you got a prediction for... 
when we do episode 200? Um, I am going to say that. So I'm going to predict my Rushmore now of well, the whole uh, Rushmore. So I think three of them will be uh, Shane Douglas, yeah. Taz, and. Sabo and RVD. Sabo and RVD as a collective. As a team, yeah. Okay. What about you? Any predictions? All right. Um, sorry, I was just making note of your one quickly. If only there was some way you could listen back. <laughs> Touche. Um, on on where think... you can hear all good podcasts, including Google Play, Apple, Stitcher, Everywhere, Spotify. Spotify. Hi, Spotify. Um, I think the Sandman might edge his way back in there because he's he's been a constant for at least some ones, I think, almost since the beginning. So I feel like he might edge his way back into some ones. So I think once this Raven feud and that heats up a bit, yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But a lot of you think names like um, obviously Brian Lee's done well, but not really quite done it. Tommy Dreamer's been a constant, but sort of fallen short. We've had Ray Mysterio, yeah, yep. in this time. So there's been some, there's been big names floating around. Damien Kane, but they just haven't really. <laughs> uh, Devin Storm, <laughs> oh yeah. Lewis Bacoli. He's, he's on a tear. He's had more, ma- yep. he's had more matches than fucking most of these people we've actually mentioned. Jericho, the Pitbulls. So, yeah. yeah. Jericho, again, turned up. Um, did he beat Cactus Jack or did he lose to Cactus Jack in his last match? Uh, Either way, yeah. Cactus Jack match. Cactus Jack matches. Scorpio winning the TV title. Mikey Whipwreck. Um, shoot fight with... Taz, he's, he's been on the tear himself, so he's he's actually a fantastic shout. But um, yeah, interesting. But that is that. That is everything. <sighs> what an exciting journey it is! So thank you very much for listening. You can find us on social media at underscore Sports Arena on Twitter or Instagram. We have stuff like. The ECW Jack's collection figures you can have a little look at. Still missing some, but it's coming along nicely. Um, you go to zazzle.co.uk or .com. Simply search Sports Arena and you'll see some will effing get their shirts as well as Sports Arena and ECW inspired shirts. Simply have a little look. Join the revolution after the revolution. Relive the revolution. Relive the revolution. There you go. And, um, yeah, it's all good. So thank you very much for listening. As Jay said, we're everywhere. By listening to this, you probably heard us. But if you haven't, find us. And tell people, review, subscribe. Let us continue (coughs) to grow this little tribe of the re-extremes. There's a whole bunch of people that still love ECW. So if we can all come together as a collective unit and just start a massive conversation, Influence the wrestling business to today. 
this is going to be great, isn't it? Nice little reminisce. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, you say that, it's, it, it is very relevant today. We've got Heyman in charge of a show. Um, one of the big angles on that show involves um, uh, love triangles and um, lesbian angles and various other things. And, you know, very similar to what we're watching in 1996. 100%. So, um, yeah, thank you very much. And we'll be back again next week for more Extreme Rewind. Brother! (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>